This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm WildcatAuthority.com Senior Editor Jason Shear, and it is our first post-game edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Uh, normally we'll have it closer to the end of the game time, but uh, the time we got back to the hotel last night, or I should say Saturday night after the game, it was already 2 in the morning, the game ended pretty late, drove back to Vegas on Sunday and uh, wanted to spend some time with my daughter who was involved in a, a pretty serious car accident, first time seeing her since it happened. Uh, pretty crappy moment as a parent, but um, she's pretty beaten up and bruised, but just wanted to spend some time with her, so she'll be all right, but um, figured now is a, a good time. Still got to kind of look at the BYU game, even though Jed Fish will hold a press conference on Monday, discuss and probably wrap it up, the little discussion on the BYU game, and uh, turning the attention to the San Diego State Aztecs. So the BYU game was an interesting one. Um, You know, it it kind of varied. You had people that going into the game predicted Arizona would come up with the upset, but the majority of people believed that Arizona was going to get run off the field. Uh, If you took a look at the BYU predictions on their website and other BYU writers, they thought that they would walk over Arizona. And, And, you know, rightfully so. I get it based on what we saw last season, but... You know, going into the game, what what I consistently said is last season is irrelevant. When you bring in 17 transfers and they're pretty much all playing, uh, it is irrelevant. Like last year's team means nothing when you have that many newcomers, a completely new coaching staff on both sides of the ball, completely new schemes and all that. And and we kind of got a taste of everything against BYU. And I think the first thing that is noticeable is that the vibe after the game was completely different in the sense where last season when Arizona lost, it was basically, yeah, we suck. I mean, that's just the vibe. Even if it wasn't what the players were saying, it was, yeah, we're, we're just not a very good football team. And Kevin Sumlin didn't really have much defense of his guys. And it was just pretty somber. It was in my career, which is going on, gosh, 15 years now, it was one of the the worst seasons I've ever covered uh, in terms of just overall attitude. And some of that was COVID, but um, just a bad football team, bad attitude around the program, just pretty pretty somber stuff. Uh, when Arizona lost to BYU, Jed Fish comes to the press conference, and one of the biggest questions that we had as the media is, you know, Jed Fish has been awesome to us throughout fall camp since arriving to campus, basically. Would that attitude change after a loss? And the answer is no. Uh, very optimistic kind of talking it into existence type of deal. Where he's like, yeah, you know, I, I told the guys, we're going to recover this onside kick. We're going to win this game. And we're a good football team. And we're going to prove it next week against San Diego State. And I believe in these guys, etc." And the difference was, when you listen to it, it didn't sound like BS. And then Gunnar Cruz came in and said similar things. 
Michael Wiley, who was here under Kevin Sumlin, came in and said, we believe in this coaching staff. The program they've put in, the program T.O., Tyler Owens has put in, we believe in it. Uh, Anthony Pandy, we asked him if he thought the defense looked better than it did last season, and he basically said, what do you think? Like, you saw it. What did, what did you think? And just the overall feeling of the team is different. And I realized that it doesn't mean anything if Arizona goes and loses to San Diego State. It means nothing, right? But if they go and they're able to bounce back and fix some mistakes against San Diego State and win that football game, which I think is very possible. I went on Twitter right after the BYU game and I called it. I'm calling it here on the podcast and I'll call it in my prediction on Saturday. I think Arizona beats San Diego State. I think it's the type of team that Arizona can beat. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, they just, Jetfish said, I don't think it was BS that he said, like, the guys want to go out and practice and fix things. Because I think the biggest difference is last year when Arizona was losing, and I should probably stop comparing it to last year. Fish said it after the game, like, last year's whatever. I wasn't there. We weren't there. We're not the same team. But last year, like, when you watched Arizona play, you didn't say, man, you know, those, those were fixable mistakes. They're going to get that right this week. They're going to fix those, and they'll be better next week. You said, no, this team's just not good enough. Well, after BYU, when you look back at the mistakes that Arizona made, you kind of say to yourself, you know what? These are pretty fixable. Like, Gunnar Cruz hung onto the ball a little bit too much. The offensive line missed a block here or there. Uh, The interception was a flat-out just a bad read that Gunnar Cruz will watch on film probably 10 times and figure it out that, it was a cover three when he thought it was cover two. The safety dropped, and they kind of fooled him. Like, it wasn't – it was a bad decision, but it was something that BYU did as opposed to him just kind of throwing the ball in the air and saying, go get it. And so they're all fixable mistakes. And eventually when you see that on film and you address it, you make less of those mistakes. And I think that Gunnar Cruz is a smart enough quarterback. I think that there's enough talent on this team to kind of – fix those mistakes as opposed to us saying, man, this team just sucks. And I think that's important here. Now, could I be wrong? Could Arizona go out and get blown out and it looks similar to the USC game last year? I suppose, but I still don't get that vibe. Like, USC was living in the red zone in that game last year and just could not convert. Had USC done better in the red zone and without the self-inflicted mistakes, I mean, USC's winning that game by four touchdowns and whatever. But it was just one of those kind of USC season openers. Uh, the vibe, again, is just is just different. And, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with offense. I, I thought Gunnar Cruz started slowly. Um, and, and we should have known that he would start slowly. I asked Jed Fish at the press conference, how do you overcome the slow start? And Fish said, we just got to work through it. And that's what happened. I mean, Gunnar Cruz is a guy that had never started a game in his career. That was not a neutral field. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you could kind of sense it on TV, but if you were there, you could really sense it. It was like 85 to 15 uh, at best for Arizona in terms of fan breakdown. It was a BYU home game. Like, <laughs> there was no... I mean, they even dimmed the lights for the BYU entrance and Arizona came out and it was like, yay, the entrances were awesome. The stadium's awesome, but <clears throat> it was a BYU home game. Uh, it was a hostile environment. And so he's going, he's in an NFL stadium, 54, 57,000 fan, fans, whatever it was. Uh, it's just a completely different ball game, and it's a tough situation to start your first game in. And he started slowly, but 
you know, Jedfish going for it on fourth and down deep in his own territory on fourth down shows confidence. And now that he said, Gunner, go get it. You're big and tall. You better be able to go get it. And he did that twice. And it's a different vibe. Again, it's it goes back to the head coach of Arizona has enough confidence in his offense to get it. And if they don't get it, he clearly has enough confidence in his defense to make the ensuing stop. And that's a big deal because those kids, especially the ones that were on the team last year, <clears throat> they need confidence. Um, you know, they, they were a, a team that lacked it for obvious reasons the past few years, and they need a coaching staff to build them up. And you could tell that this Arizona coaching staff is uh, is building them up. And, and that's part of the process towards winning football games because if you don't think you're going to go out and win a football game, you're not. It's not going to happen. And these guys, for as bad as Arizona football has been the last few years, need to still have the belief that they can go out and win football games. And that's what this coaching staff is instilling. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Cruz interception. I rewatched the game. The sacks are an interesting situation. After the game, Jed Fish said that they were mostly on Cruz. I'm, I'm curious in his press conference if he still holds that opinion because I thought it was a bit of a mixture. Um, there was one or two where he definitely hung on to the ball too long, and he did it during fall camp as well. It is, it is an issue. But there were also a few plays where the offensive line just didn't do very well. Uh, Peyton Fierce struggles with speed rushers. He struggled with speed rushers last season. It is an issue that I'm curious to see if Arizona addresses or they just might feel he's the right option. Uh, Josh Baker, first real true starting you know, game action, hostile environment, etc. Younger guy, struggled a little bit in pass protection, but did fine in run. Um, you know, Donovan Lai is going to be an interesting case. He, he played injured for a, a, a chunk of that second half, and um, you know, he, he, they need him badly to be healthy for San Diego State. It'll be interesting to see how he's doing, see if we can get an update there. Um, I thought that there wouldn't be a big drop from Jordan Morgan to Josh Baker, but you know, I, I think in an ideal world, uh, you play when Morgan gets healthy, which I'm hearing may not be until the Oregon game. Uh, you, you play him, you take out fears, you put Donovan Lye there, and then you put Baker where uh, where Lye was. I, I think that's just the best offensive line situation. Play Morgan and Donovan Lye at the tackle positions, put in Baker at the guard, um, and you'll be, you know, you'll, you'll be much better for it. Um, and so that's something that I think could be looked at moving forward. But, you know, I don't know. And, and we don't know about Morgan's injury status and, and all that. But um, to me, that was a bit of a mixture. The thing that probably, and I think Gunnar Cruz played well. I, I don't want to, you know, make this seem like I'm picking on Cruz. I, I thought he played well. I'll get to that in a second. But the other negative with him is I thought he missed quite a few guys, uh, especially the tight ends. There was a play uh, in the second quarter, I believe where Bryce Wilma was open for an easy touchdown and Cruz kind of got tunnel vision. And I don't know if you chalked it up to an experience, a lack of time, whatever it may be, but uh, he has to be better in those situations because I felt that he missed uh, a good chunk of wide open tight ends. I, I think the tight ends got wet. And you saw it with Alex Lines later in the game when he had a, a 26-yard catch or so. Um, that was available a few times. And and that's going to be available quite a few, quite a bit over the season because the tight end is a weapon. Um, it's just a matter of Cruz having the confidence to throw it to them and the time uh, as well in being able to make that decision. With all that being said, uh, I thought he played well. He generally made the right decision in terms of when to throw to the check down, which was Michael Wiley, who did really well in that role. Um, and 
they had plenty of big plays. They actually had more big passing plays than BYU, uh, but they only had one big running play. Uh, big passing play is considered to be 15 yards or more, and they had eight of them. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Alex Lyons, Stanley Berryhill, they, they Taven Cunningham. Um, they have playmakers at wide receiver. They have playmakers at tight end, but they are good enough offensively to get those big plays and to score some points. So I'm curious to see how they come out this week uh, against San Diego State because I think Cruz is talented. Now, there's some people on the message board that are saying they would have liked to see Will Plummer. And while I like Will Plummer, my argument would be pretty straightforward in asking why. Like, it doesn't... Cruz didn't play bad enough to get benched. He started to kind of get in a rhythm and gain some momentum. Benching him at that point for Plummer would... It just didn't make sense. And Fish kind of said that after the game. Uh, the difference between Cruz and Plummer is that Plummer is much more likely to turn the ball over. There's just no denying it. He turned the ball over last year. He turned the ball over in camp. And while he has the talent and he'll make a good play, he's also more likely to make turnovers. And when you're in Arizona's situation, you just can't turn the ball over. Like it'll, It just kills the Wildcats. And so that's why it's Cruz. I, I think the quarterback competition is probably over. Um Maybe if Plummer practices really well, he gets another drive against San Diego State. But my guess is that just Cruz is the guy. Uh, there's very little point in playing Will Plummer moving forward until Cruz struggles, if he struggles. And it just feels like the best situation for this offense uh, is Gunnar Cruz taking basically all the quarterback snaps. Um, you know, the whole situation, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. In this case, it's probably true because they're so similar. And that means that, you know, Gunnar, Gunnar Cruz should be the guy. But... Offensively, I know Arizona only scored one touchdown. I think the yards were there. I think the opportunities were there. First game, new offense, new coaching staff, tough situation. I, I would expect a pretty big offensive jump in terms of points this upcoming weekend, but it's going to be a, a kind of a weird, slow game as well because of how San Diego State plays, so um, we'll see. Defensively was also intriguing. On the second watch, the game actually looked much different than it did on the first because in person it didn't look like Arizona was blitzing a lot, but they actually blitz quite a bit. Um, a lot of it was delayed, and I think the reason why was, uh, you know, Arizona played against a mobile quarterback, and in the last podcast we wondered how Arizona would attack that with Jaron Hall and the fact that BYU wanted to attack the edges. So we saw some delayed blitzes to see what Hall was doing. Uh, we saw some other type of blitzes, but Arizona was still aggressive. Um, sometimes there was kind of that fake pressure that we mentioned where Don Brown said, look, we, we're going to give the illusion of pressure on every play, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're blitzing everyone. Uh, I'm curious to see how he attacks moving forward when maybe he's facing a less mobile quarterback. Jalen Hall had that big, Jaron Hall had that big 36-yard run uh, that, that kind of took the, the momentum away from Arizona a bit, um, kind of eventually led to a touchdown. Nice play by him, but... That's the type of situation where you're playing man-to-man, and if you blitz and you have a mobile quarterback, he has the ability uh, to make you pay. Uh, the defensive play, play of the game is clearly Trevon Mason's safety. Uh, completely blew up his guy. I've said this before. I think Mason's an NFL guy. Um, the defensive line played all right. Beyond Mason, I don't think it was great. Barb's got the sack. Um, you know, kind of inconsistent getting back into the swing of things. Mo Diallo. Uh, I thought was a little disappointing. J.B. Brown and the anchor, they, they need to be better there. Um, with that being said, uh, credit to Arizona for containing BYU's tight ends. That actually surprised me. 
I thought that would be the biggest defensive issue for Arizona, but they were a complete non-factor in that game, and that is a, a very, very talented tight end unit with Isaac Rex and Hilker and all that. So that that was a pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, but the 4.7 yards of carry needs to be better defensively. Um, Arizona kind of needs to, to get in the swing of things a little bit more and, and be more aggressive there. Um, Christian Roland Wallace is a guy where if you watch that game, they didn't go anywhere near him. And I think most teams from here on out this season, before he goes to the NFL, uh, aren't going anywhere near him. In press coverage, Christian Roland Wallace is one of the best corners in the country. He really is. He's strong like a safety. He's got good enough speed. He is a very strong corner. Isaiah Rutherford was solid as well. The problem comes when Arizona has to go to the nickel package, that third DB. Uh, Malik Hausman just probably isn't it. But Arizona doesn't have that guy. Um, Stukes doesn't seem to be in that situation. Uh, when they go to that formation, Isaiah Mays maybe down the road. Healthy Isaiah Mays can be in that situation. But the feeling that I have is that guy probably isn't on the roster right now. Uh, Mackenzie Barnes may be an option. But, you know, Hausman's going to struggle. Barnes would probably struggle. I just don't feel like that option is there. And BYU did a great job of taking advantage of it where they said, look, why would we throw to Roland Wallace? Why would we throw to Rutherford? We can attack this nickel all day long. Uh, and that's kind of what they did. And so Arizona is probably going to watch the tape. We'll ask Don Brown about it on uh, on Tuesday. But that's a situation where I'm curious if they have an answer or they just may say, hey, we're going to go with Hausman and, and he just has to be better and we have to coach him up and, and put him in a better overall situation. Um, but that's going to be an issue that I'm guessing when teams watch the film, San Diego State, for instance, watches the film, they're going to try to take advantage of it, with the big difference being uh, Jaron Hall is much better than San Diego State's quarterback. But uh, we'll get into the San Diego State preview um, later in the week. So, you know, overall, defensively, I thought the linebackers played well. Uh, Rashi Hodge is a guy where I think he needs more time. He's explosive. He's really strong in pass coverage. I think he needs to be on the field more. I just don't know who it is is instead of because which is a good thing by the way <laughs> Anthony Pandy isn't leaving the field Trajan Hayward was really good against the run um, he's not as fast as I think maybe people expected but he's often in the right place at the right time and, and really overall defensively I mean even Christian Roland Wallace who's really good he's not a burner and I think that Arizona overall that's what they're lacking on defense is speed um, you know I, I thought coming into the game that Arizona should be at least close to BYU, maybe faster, and, and they really weren't. And the Pac-12 is going to have quite a few speed guys on opposing offenses, and that's going to be an issue that Arizona needs to work with. Uh, safety position, I thought was great for Arizona. Gunnar Maldonado was a guy where we mentioned really came on later in camp. Uh, he played really well, got to the ball well, hits really hard, and he's a guy that he's going to see his reps increase every game this season. Um, and and he, eventually, I think he becomes a guy that'll be difficult uh, to take off the field. Um, you know, it's overall, you know, I, I'd probably give Arizona a C. I, I didn't think they played all that well, but they definitely didn't play poorly. It was probably an average football game, but you need to be a little bit better than average to beat a team like BYU. Uh, I wasn't all that impressed with BYU either. I'm curious to see how they do against Utah and ASU coming up here. Um, but... It came down to what I mentioned going into the game, that there are two programs in different places. Like Arizona needs an overall personnel upgrade, and that's what Jed Fish is doing by recruiting. 
and you can only fix so many problems. Like the nickel position, you can't fix that. If you're fixing the, you know, the linebacker position or the, you know, corner position, you, you, you only have so many scholarships. Like you can't just fix every position in the class and it's tough. And, you know, they'll address it in recruiting and the hope is that you kind of upgrade there. But overall, you know, I, I think you should be fine with how Arizona played against BYU because you saw fixable mistakes. You didn't see a team where you said to yourself, man, this team just sucks. Like I said before, you say to yourself, I'm curious to see how they address that issue moving forward. And you feel confident that they will be able to address it. Uh, and, and I think that's important. So overall, I thought Arizona played an average football game. Uh, I'm not sure they played an average football game at any point last season. <laughs> they were all below average. So the fact that I say they played an average football game uh, is not a diss uh, in the slightest. So we'll uh, we'll have more uh, coming up uh, this week. Judge Fish's press conference. We'll uh, we'll cover that, and then we'll cover the uh, the preview for San Diego State, so on and so forth. But again, I'm on the record. They're going to beat San Diego State this week. And if they don't, I'm going to come back. I'm going to delete this, delete my tweet, and uh, deny everything. No, just kidding. Uh, Twitter never Twitter never forgets, and neither do our podcast. So with that being said, I am Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear. This has been another episode of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Everybody drive safe. That's my new message just for this one. I won't bother you, but everybody drive safe and uh, hug your family and all that. And, uh, yeah. I appreciate everything. Thanks for joining us once again. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.